G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you will be acutely aware, especially if you live in the state of Victoria, this week the Victorian government has won a six-month extension of its powers to declare the coronavirus pandemic an ongoing state of emergency. There was a marathon debate for the Public Health and Wellbeing Amendment Bill to extend state of emergency powers in Victoria. The final vote was very close in the Victorian Upper House with 20 MPs voting in favour and 19 against. So it was very, very close. Let's get some insights. Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg has been outspoken in recent days about the challenge of emergency powers to the health of democracy. Indeed, the idea that emergency powers suspend democratic process. Let's unpack some more thoughts today. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, you were concerned about the way the vote went this week, not wanting it to go that way. What are your overall thoughts for what's happened in Victoria? Yes, well, another dark week for Victoria. Sadly, we've had about six months worth of dark uh, weeks. And, well, it looks like we're going to get another six months more of uh, basically the rule of a handful. Uh, Dan Andrews, he's got a few people left uh, along with his health officer basically running the entire state. The parliamentary process has been suspended. Uh, Parliament hasn't sat now for many months. The upper house was called, as you said, uh, to discuss and vote on this bill. Uh, sadly, uh, we had a bit of treachery there, including one of the so-called independent crossbenchers who just a week earlier had said she would resist uh, this bill. Uh, she was basically the one, along with two other crossbenchers, who made it happen. So, yeah, we're all stuck again with uh, the rule of Parliament basically suspended. Dan Andrews and his health officer can decide whatever they want. If they think things are too dangerous with COVID, they can just strike down our freedoms and our human rights once again for as long as they want. There's no parliamentary check on this. There's no debate. There's no discussion. Uh, you know, it's it's really scary times indeed when this much power is in the hands of just a few. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder if they always have the best interests of Victoria at heart. Well, some will say, of course, unprecedented response to an unprecedented crisis. I was interested in the fact that in the upper house in Victoria, the bill passed by just a couple of votes. It was very, very close. Uh, But interestingly, those 
crossbenchers who would have been the ones whose vote was relied upon there. Uh, I'm sure listeners might be interested in just where they came from. You've been writing about that. What are your thoughts on how this bill made it across the line and put Victorians under another further six-month lockdown? Yeah, well, I did mention the three crossbenchers who uh, did vote with Labour. The others voted against with the Libs. Uh, I already mentioned Fiona Patton of the Sex Party. I mean, first of all, just imagine. I mean, get your head around the fact that you actually have a political party known as the Sex Party. I mean, sure, they've changed their name now to the Reason Party to make them sound slightly more respectable. Um, You know, even in America, where I come from, as far as I'm aware, there is no political party, the sex party. She, of course, was a former sex worker herself. She headed up the porn industry and then, uh, you know, became a parliamentarian. So she was the one who a week ago told Andrew Bolt on Sky News she would resist the uh, uh, Andrew's bill. And, uh, well, she obviously doesn't have... uh, Truth-telling is a big part of the reason party uh, credentials here, but probably the one of the more shocking things is one of our MPs has been on maternity leave for many months now. Great that she could take time off, have a baby, and all the rest, but the Greens MP decided she would break her maternity leave, come in just for this vote, decide to make the deciding vote. If she would have stayed home and looked after her new baby, uh, it well, at best it would have been tied or would have gone the other way. But she made a special trip in just for this, uh, voted along with Fiona Patton and one other, the Animal Justice Party, which is another weird party. How about human justice for a change? You know, what, why the worry about animals at this point? So the three of them... Uh, made the bill go through just by one vote, and uh, it's a fairly scary thing. A lot of people are just, you know, kind of up in arms and in shock, really, that Parliament seems to be going through the ringer right now. Democracy is being hamstrung. Our liberties are being taken away from us, and just a handful of people can bring all this about. So it's a worrying time indeed in Victoria, and... uh, while the rest of your listeners can enjoy things a bit more in other parts of Australia, uh, who knows, uh, Victoria could become the template in which other states follow suit. So uh, be aware of the mistakes we've made. Important here, I imagine, to reflect on who holds the balance of power in our parliaments right around Australia. But when you say you've got these fringe parties, and some will say extreme parties, uh, the Animal Justice Party or the Sex Party Reason Party, uh, or the Greens that hold the balance of power, some might say, well, they've voted to give Dan Andrews this extra six-month extension on uh, quite extreme powers that seem to override democracy. Uh, What would be in it for them? But I imagine that they would pander to the... Andrews' government because they have their own agendas to pass. Any thoughts there on the flow-on effect of those parties being the ones who have delivered in Victoria this extra six months? Yeah, well, exactly. We know it's a quid pro quo deal. Obviously, a deal was struck, certainly with the Greens and Labour. 
I mean, this idea that they're kind of two separate independent parties, baloney. They scratch each other's back. They would have done this back uh, room deal. We'll vote for your bill. You make sure you vote for ours in the future. Uh, sadly, this is how many of the political parties work. So, yeah, there were deals being made, games being played. And, of course, it's the uh, six million Victorians who suffer as a result. Uh, these are people, sadly, interested in their own power, their own agendas, and they don't really seem to give a rip about the rest of Victoria, who's going to have to suffer for yet another six months. Now, the only compromise to this bill, Andrews, of course, originally wanted it to go for 12 months. Imagine an entire year, more. So all we got was basically the same thing, but just down to six months when truth is, you know, uh, the lower house should be sitting. Any of these kind of uh, issues that affect every single Victorian should be discussed, debated and voted on on a regular weekly basis. Not, you know, oh, well, wait six months and maybe we'll get back to you. That's not how democracy should work. And of course, as I'm aware, and as has been talked about on this program, usually those sorts of emergency powers are enacted after a natural disaster and usually have a limit around about seven days. So even Mm -hmm. the idea of six months seems extreme. Now, it's interesting that there is a significant and growing number of people in the medical community that are being more outspoken about the issues here and uh, even going against some of those sorts of directives that come from the chief health officers in our states, but we're talking about Victoria here, there was an important letter by a whole group of doctors uh, that were outlining a whole lot of very interesting and powerful evidence as to why this sort of lockdown shouldn't happen. Uh, Any reflection there, Bill? Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. There's been always uh, a strong vocal uh, presence of those who are arguing that our draconian lockdown powers are not helpful. They're actually counterproductive. In fact, they're making things worse. More people are dying, whether... uh, Uh, You know, the bungling in our aged care facilities or the spread with the hotel quarantine debacle, Uh, but other things, uh, suicide and the like that we've mentioned, they've all gone through the roof. Uh, Mental health problems, depression, drug addiction, alcoholism is all skyrocketing here in Victoria. Uh, And yet, of course, Stan Andrews doesn't seem to really worry about those deaths. It's only COVID, COVID, COVID that he's talking about. So, yes, from day one, I've been running with these kinds of medical experts, doctors, others who, you know, who am I? I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor, so don't listen to me, but we can quote others who are. And, yeah, just a few days before the bill was voted on, a group of over a dozen prominent medical experts, including Uh, you know, even psychiatrists and others, experts in their field, put together an open letter to Dan Andrews questioning their whole COVID strategy, how much harm and damage it's doing to people, and how we need a better, more targeted approach that's going to help everybody instead of harming everybody. So that was such an important letter that I featured the entire letter in my uh, article, which I wrote on that uh, Wednesday morning, just hours after the uh, vote was taken. So that is uh, 
a loan worth anybody if they come to my site reading that letter and seeing what these experts are saying. The uh, cure has become far worse than the disease, and unless we turn things around rapidly, these experts are warning, uh, it's just going to get much, much worse. Oftentimes, we'll use the terminology dumbing down when we make some reference to sometimes things that occur in our education curriculums. But there's something significant here in the idea that doctors uh, now uh, who are grouping themselves in and uh, signing the same detail in a letter uh, saying that flattening the curve was a reasonable response in view of limited information at the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, but now that things are beginning to emerge, all sorts of information about responses to the crisis, uh, that there needs to be a more sophisticated way of looking at these things. Is there a sense here, Bill, uh, that we might be seeing our politicians simply dumbing down the idea of what's happening with the COVID-19 response, but now there needs to be a little bit more sophisticated and more transparent way of being able to deal with the direction going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you said, rightly so. The early days, we, you know, most of the politicians did well. Scott Morrison locking down international travelers, certainly from China. You know, a number of steps were taken and they were good. But as you say, with seven, eight, nine months down the road, we know a whole lot more now. And yet we still have some, like Dan Andrews, taking the sledgehammer approach instead of offering nuanced, targeted uh, work to those who are most at risk, and we know exactly who they are, he simply locked down the entire Victorian population. I mean, absolute madness. When you think about it, we know who's most at risk. We know those who should be targeted, and yet we've got 6 million Victorians confined into their own homes 23 hours a day. They cannot go five kilometers beyond where they live. They have a curfew from 8 o'clock onwards, as if COVID gets worse after 8 o'clock. Uh, when you use a sledgehammer approach, instead of thinking carefully and critically about what's going to work and not penalize the entire population, as has been said, uh, sick people should be in quarantine. Healthy people should not be, and when you do, that's tyranny. That's not medical science. That's madness. So here, as we say, we have these 13 or so medical experts saying, this is crazy. We should not be using the sledgehammer. There are much better ways to proceed here. And yet, sadly, Dan Andrews and Labor simply had wanted nothing to do at all with this public letter and just rammed through at 2 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday morning, very dark day indeed, this draconian legislation. Let's keep it going for another six months. Well, these are challenging times, Bill Muldenberg, and good to get your insights today because as Christian believers, we recognise that the Christian foundations that have given to us the liberty, the freedoms to have this ability to live our lives without too much intrusion. This comes under threat when there are these sorts of emergency powers. And so, Bill, as we're speaking to you today in Victoria uh, with your 8pm curfew and your one-hour exercise limit, uh, police checking papers. If you're out, you can't travel more than five kilometres. Essentially, a lot of people in Victoria are under, like, house arrest. 
and uh, just want to thank you for your insights today, challenging insights they are, and I'll point people to read this latest article that you have written, and you'll be able to find Bill Muhlenberg's articles when you go to billmuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks for the update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.